Hi, and welcome back to Summer Trails Chamonix. I'm here with Suzanne Haring, Hi. who has flown over from the Netherlands for 24 hours in Chamonix. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Suzanne. Hi. Nice um, to be here. So what brought you to Chamonix? Uh, you actually. <laughs> I was wanting, I always wanted to visit you in Chamonix. Mm -hmm. Like you came here for half a year ago. And all the pictures on your Instagram and all the pictures you sent me are so beautiful. And yeah. I've never seen real mountains. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, Suzanne is my cousin from the flattest country in the world, the Netherlands. So yeah, not having seen real mountains. So you've had 23 hours in Chamonix now. So what do you think? Stunning. Beautiful. We had a pretty good hike today and mm -hmm. the mountains are so impressive and so beautiful to see yeah we were just so, looking through the photos and yeah you were saying it doesn't even look real no, so unreal it's, <laughs> it's something from another world yeah yeah and how did you find it because it was baptism by fire today so we <laughs> caught the lift up to Flaugere but then we hiked up to Loch Blanc and back down to Flaugere, so pretty strenuous for someone who doesn't do mountains. So, what did you think? I find it hard, but it, the, the scenery was making it so easy doing, and, and it's hard for me on the trails because I'm not used to watch where my step is going, and I just normally run in forests, and, and a hill is only uh, for two or three minutes, and then your hill is done and this was going up and up and up again and <laughs> <laughs> yeah for two or three hours rather than minutes and then going down is even harder because you have to watch yourself every step and mm. try not to overthink every, every step and yeah but yeah. it's beautiful and i want to explore more mountains <laughs> <laughs> and so what was your favorite part of today then like what part of the trail did you enjoy the most or what stood out uh, when you could see the mountaintops the, the snowy mountaintops and mm -hmm. the rocky parts and the green part so it's when it's all comes together like you you are on the rocky part and then you overlook the green part and see the mm -hmm. snowy mountains so you have a whole scenery yeah come together and then find out a beautiful lake just so high up the mountains is amazing as well yeah yeah it's absolutely stunning isn't it <laughs> um and so i mean you were saying it's quite difficult because you, you're used to running on the flat so how did you like how did you feel going up and sort of what was what was hard you know was there altitude issues or was it just mainly the the actual going up part that your body's not used to I think it's more the altitude mm -hmm. that the body is adapting after a couple of minutes or after an hour then the body is like okay we're going up mm -hmm. put all the muscles to work and yeah and you know where to put your foot going up and it's the altitude that made me a bit dizzy and my asthma is a bit different from what I'm used to mm -hmm. in Holland so <coughs> and uh the cold weather in the morning was really hard for me, but mm -hmm. the warm weather later on made it 
yeah, made it better and yeah. more stunning. And then the naughtiness was gone as well. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you mentioned that you have asthma. So how does that affect your training and how do you control that? Because other people out there would have it as well. And yeah, how do you cope with it? Uh, you're not always in charge of your lungs so sometimes you want to run and you feel fit and your legs feel good and then you go outside and you forget to take your medicine or it's colder than you uh, expected it to be and then your lungs are like okay we're not doing this today and then mm -hmm. you have to go slower or you have to do a smaller round or yeah, sometimes just go inside and do something else because your lungs say, okay, we don't do this. Yeah. And have you ever pushed through that and then ended up in trouble Yeah. because of it? I've had a really nasty cough for two weeks after pushing through a race in February. Mm -hmm. It was a beach race, so it was really humid and it was freezing. And at the end of the race, I was sounding like somebody who had smoked a pack of cigarettes in <laughs> the same amount of time I it took me to run yeah and normally the cough would go away in a day and this cough stayed and that's how they uh, found out I have asthma and mm -hmm. now I'm due to take care of myself better <laughs> if it's <laughs> if I have a cough like that then I took it a step too far yeah Okay. And so lately, I mean, just through our discussions, I know you've been suffering from a lack of motivation, um, but I'm hoping that being in Chamonix has re-energized you. But what sort of things have you got coming up that you want to start training for? In March, uh, I have Tizian Trail coming up. It's mm -hmm. uh, in the mountains of Morocco. So this was a good start for a training plan. <laughs> And that's something I really want to do. And I have some small, or not really small things, but some different things are coming up. And if I feel fit to do that, then I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And if I don't feel fit, it's Tissian Trail is the main goal. Yeah. Okay. And how are you going to train for that? Because you said that's mountains and you live in a flat country. So what sort of things are you going to incorporate into your training to get you fit to run in the mountains? Uh, do CrossFit every week, mm -hmm. do extra uh, exercise to make my quads and my back and my butt stronger so mm -hmm. and my calves uh, more smoother or how do you say it in yeah so yeah I can adapt to a bit of jumping around and then climbing more and then uh, try to go every other week to the dunes in mm -hmm. Holland so you have some elevation and some uh, stairs and climbing and a lot of sand so mm -hmm. yeah some tough training then tough training <laughs> <laughs> great and I've been talking a lot with other women around the place about getting more women into running as the partici uh, participation rates are so low so why do you think that is like wh what's your impression of why we don't have you know a 50-50 split in a lot of especially trail races, um, why is that, do you think? I think because <laughs> sometimes the focus is too much on getting women run running, mm -hmm. so you put them in a special group. Um, I think most women don't want to be 
special. They don't just want to be a runner and not a woman, uh, a woman who is running, or running in a special woman's group and competing to other women, and they want to compete to just people. And mm-hmm. and I think a lot of women uh, discourage each other. Like everybody's <coughs> really busy with how do I look and other women are really into say oh you shouldn't wear that because you could be uh, getting yelling yelled at at the street or uh, shouldn't you be running at, you shouldn't be running at night because you're a woman and if everybody just started running at night then it would be so common yeah that it wouldn't be an issue anymore so I think we should encourage each other more mm-hmm. to run in normal races and not running as a, as women mm-hmm. but run as runners yeah yeah be more inclusive yeah yeah and be less uh, aware of being a woman and just run and if mm-hmm. you run want to run at night run at night and yeah. yeah okay and how did you find your way into running then like how long have you been running for i think i started four years ago mm-hmm and it was because of two of my friends had done a like um, uh, Mudmasters challenge or uh, obstacle course race. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, we can do that together. And then I realized, okay, I'm overweight. I'm not fit. Uh, I cannot run for a minute. So <laughs> if I want to do something like that with my friends, I have to stop running. Yeah. So I downloaded a Belgium running app, mm-hmm. AFI it's called, and yeah, I put in my earplugs and put on my Nike Air Max and a really, <laughs> really thick uh, jumpsuit thing <laughs> and a cotton t-shirt and that was my first week of running on wrong shoes and with the wrong pants and the wrong t-shirt and from there on I myself liking it and mm-hmm. buying a proper running gear and <laughs> <laughs> yeah and getting a little bit more yeah into it I guess yeah <laughs> and so you ran your first ultra this year wasn't it in, yeah, January? in January yeah so what made you want to step up because obviously you couldn't run for a minute four years ago <laughs> so what brought you to moving up the ranks what was sort of the progression there um the people I met during my running and through you are ultra runners and it's a scenery that inspires me a lot and you do things you nobody thinks your body can do and mm-hmm. even yourself uh, you think your body can't do that and it's so beautiful to find out you can do that and every race is a battle on itself and I'm not a really fast runner and I don't like to be in a 5k who's the fastest run Mm -hmm. but I like to be on my own for eight hours and just run and just be in beautiful places and just enjoy the scenery and and Mm -hmm. yeah get the best out of myself with a good training plan and yeah 
all the work it takes to do the 550k was so amazing and it learned uh, I learned so much about myself mm -hmm. doing that and that's why I love running long distances yeah yeah and I mean I don't think you'd mind me saying because yeah you've just said yourself you're not the fastest runner out there so a lot of the time you are back of the pack and I think some women and men actually probably all people are a bit scared of being last or being back of the pack and but every time I see you you're super happy crossing the finish line it doesn't matter where you are in the race and is that something you've always had in you or like how it, it how come you're so when positive I started running um, yeah. if I cross the finish line even when I come in midway and I know I didn't put everything in that race that I had in me I'm not happy but if I am at the back of the pack but put in the race everything I have in me and put in all my effort and come in last okay then I come in last that's the best thing I could do yeah in that race and then I'm proud and happy and then it's no problem but yeah if I'm in the back of the pack because I don't push myself enough and then you're not happy then I'm not happy yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, it, but yeah there's no you're not scared of being last and you're not no, no that doesn't if i know you. i'm not being pulled out mm -hmm. i'm not scared and even if i'm pulled out it's like okay i did my best yeah um maybe i'm pulled out because of not only my own effort but also some other circumstances like getting lost in a tempting yeah trying to do an ultra marathon yeah yeah but i did my best and i did what i could and mm -hmm. at the moment that i realized i wasn't making cut off time okay i did my best and i can keep beating myself up about it but then i don't put on my running shoes for week yeah yeah and then if i say okay did was it next time next attempt then yeah, yeah. that's a really positive mindset so because yeah, it's a lot of people do just quit, whereas you don't quit. It's yeah, you always give it your best, and yeah, what yeah, will be know, will be. Yeah, if you know you give it your best, then you can put on your running shoes the next week or the next day. Or yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and so after being in Chamonix, then for your first time, do you think you'll come back? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gobi's happy about that. <laughs> Okay. Definitely. <laughs> okay, well I've got some quick fire questions for you as well before we wrap things up. But what's your favorite running inspiration? Uh, could be a person or a thing. Yeah. I think you and Dion are mm -hmm. definitely because you inspire me a lot and you help me a lot. But I think all the Instagram photos and and Facebook posts of people who boost themselves to do the best they can mm -hmm. that's yeah best inspiration you can have yeah um what's your favorite running book if you've read any running books i think the only running book i've read is finding gobi <laughs> 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 but the uh, favorite running or outdoorish movie is wild oh yeah yeah so, yeah that's yeah. a good one makes you want to go and do the trail <laughs> and what's your favorite running food What's your go-to in a race? I like the 
really uh, yeah it's, it's it's a dutch thing it's from musli uh, it's a musli company and they have really good musli bars mm-hmm. so they're not chunky not uh, too full and mm-hmm. yep it's light and it's sweet but not too sweet and okay and what's your favorite running trail if you had one day left to run where would you want to go running I think it will be the dunes of Schorl in Holland. Mm-hmm. It's yeah my home trail, and I love it there. And you have so many different types of paths. So if there is one day of running left, then I would like to do it in my on my home trail. And <laughs> okay, well, there's not. You've got more days of running. But <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favorite running mantra? Do you have a mantra? Smile. Just when it's getting tough, I say to myself, smile, you get through this, keep smiling, mm-hmm. and it works. Because when I sm- I'm smiling, everybody else uh, is cheering me on. And yeah. So, yeah. yeah, smile is one of my mantras. mantras. Okay. Great. <coughs> well, you heard it here in Chamonix from Suzanne. Smile. <laughs> And yeah, we hope to see you back in Chamonix soon. Definitely. So thanks for talking to us. You're welcome. Thank you.